Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay with us as the sun gets set to shine. Cigar heard. Here's the jump shot. Comes to Marley. A long three. He got it. He got it. Into Booker. Here's the three. Suzanne. Sir Charles. And he flies in for a wham, bam, slam. Bravo time. He got it. Seven Seconds or Less, a podcast about the NBA and the Phoenix Suns. My name is Max McCauley, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host. His name is David Nash. David, we are right in the midst of free agency. It's all starting now. We had Katie and Kyrie to the Nets, and we just heard about <laughs> Terry Rozier. David, you want to talk about that one to start us off? I feel like a kid on Christmas morning, Max. I normally feel that way, but that Rozier news coming through has made me feel even better that it wasn't the Suns, and you just rushed through the intro quicker than I've ever heard you rush through it at all, and <laughs> I think there's big reasons for that, and things are going to keep dropping, even though I believe we're still 45 Five minutes away from the official start to NBA free agency, Max. Yeah, we had to jump on this thing earlier than expected real quick because apparently the NBA just started moving. It sure did. Uh, so apparently this Jared Weiss guy just said that T- Terry Roser was in talks to go to Phoenix before this happened, uh, before Charlotte got in with this, apparently the sign-in trade deal we're hearing. So I think this might be the Kyrie... Uh, Kimba and uh, Rogier sign and trade between those three teams. It's certainly looking that way, and maybe I'm not sure about the cap mechanics. Maybe they had to pay him that much to make it all work out between all the teams, Max, because on average, that is $19 million a year, I believe, and we don't know all the details. I'll give this little caveat as we're reacting to all these deals. You know, player options and non-guaranteed money in last years don't generally get tweeted straight away. So there's always the caveat that the deal might be a little bit better than it first appears on the surface. But three years, $58 million on the back of that year from Terry Rozier, I'm not too sure about that one, Max. Yeah, that's a great point. That's In fact, now that you said that, that's probably what's going on here. They needed to get up high enough to match the money in a sign-in trade. Mm-hmm. So I, I, my guess is they decided just to front-load everything they were planning on giving them anyway. So it's probably going to be a, a totally non-guaranteed after this year, I would, I would imagine. I'd be shocked if it weren't because that's too much money, man. The dev- <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Sham Sharani just tweeted all three years and $58 million will be fully guaranteed for Terry <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shams. Devil's in the detail. That is amazing. We dodged a bullet oh, wow. and not sure the person you mentioned before, but I couldn't care less if the Suns were involved because they're not involved anymore, Max, and we dodged a bullet on that one. Oh man, I this is even no matter what we do now, we can't we can't do worse than that. I'm actually comfortable saying that. I'm not going to wood or anything. It's impossible to do worse than that. Uh, I guess we can react to some more as these come in. Uh, Rudy Gay's got just got big money. Yeah, what was two that years, one? I'm, I'm noting that one down now. Three years, thirty-two. Was it Max? No, two years, two years, thirty-two. Ooh. So he, he, that's a pretty big chunk of change, and that seems like somebody who's a little kind of like you know Ubre-esque sort of in terms of what he provides. So that could be possibly somewhat relevant to Ubre. Yeah, I, I kind of like Rudy Gay. He's he's kind of reinvented himself with the Spurs, and the Spurs seem to take care of their older guys on the back end. Again, unless Shams is going to do it to me again here with a follow-up tweet on Rudy Gay, the Spurs generally get pretty crafty with the last year deals on some of these older guys, so we'll see what is 
coming from them there. But they were the last two. And as I said before, even though free agency hasn't technically started, Max, I believe we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 deals that are essentially confirmed. And the top of those are Kyrie and KD to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, let's real quickly touch on that before other things happen. Um, I think just the, the coolest thing about this and the most insane thing about this is that the Brooklyn Nets were literally in the worst position in the NBA five years ago. Yep. They had just traded for you know two older uh, veterans who didn't really help them, Pierce and, and Garnett. They gave away their entire draft future, basically, for the decade. And that was they just got done paying that off. Like, it's not like they've been out of that for a while. That, that, I think they, they gave, one to, they gave that uh, pick that Cleveland got, right? That was theirs originally. Yep. Uh, the one they picked Sexton with. So they, they just got done with it, and somehow they were able to rebuild despite all that, and then land two of the biggest free agents this offseason. Just incredible work by them. Yep. Just to jump in quickly, Tyus Jones has posted himself in a Wolves jersey on Twitter with the prayers up emoji. So I think we can read into that, Max, that Tyus might be one guy off the Suns list going forward. And that's interesting to me because if they pay him anything significant at all, that seems to make it even harder for them to go after D'Lo, right? That is very true. I didn't think of that at first, but that's a very good point. Maybe I'm reading too much into one tweet from Tyus, but I think we can read into all these things as much as we want for the next hour and a bit because it's going to be chaos. Yeah, this, is, this is a hot take zone, David. <laughs> hot takes are allowed. But yeah, just, uh, just on more. Brooklyn quickly, I think, Max, it's just yeah. incredible. I feel like I'm saying this all the time now, but the NBA just moved so goddamn fast. They were the laughing stock of the league after that big trade with Boston. And now, you know, Boston look like they're going to be able to rebound okay from losing Kyrie and Horford, or potentially Horford. They're trying to get him back, it seems. Um, yeah, I think it looks like that's the newest report, right? They're going to try to get Horford. That's part of why they're doing the sign-in trade. It seems that way, yes. He maybe didn't get all the money out on the open market that he was initially promised, perhaps. But, you know, that that's an okay bounce back. But, you know, I, I tweeted this before. Boston really hasn't done anything. Yes, they've made some playoffs and some decent series late in the piece in, in April, May, and June. But Brooklyn now has Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving before Boston won a championship or all that doomsday scenario stuff that people were talking about with how set up for life Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics were. So it's pretty incredible turnaround by Sean Marks uh, in particular and, and Kenny Atkinson, I suppose, gets to bear the fruit of that work and coach what is looking like a really good team. We should add right now, easy time to put in that DeAndre Jordan looks like he's going there too, not announced yet, but Garrett Temple, two years, 10 million to the Nets is another deal that has already been announced. So they're looking pretty strong, Max. Yeah, to get a little nerdy here, um, that Garrett Temple deal f- feels like it's got to be the room exception. Correct. It, it just fits perfectly into yeah. it. So the question is, what are they what are they getting uh, DeAndre Jordan with? Is that going to be a veteran minimum? Is he really going to sign for that? I know. That, uh, that's interesting to me. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, it's already been reported that KD's taking the max, I believe. So he's not taking a haircut for his friend DeAndre Jordan, who was pretty bad last year, it must be said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, vet minimum is still a little crazy for him, but, you know, maybe he just wants a title now. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Wants to play with his friends and such. Yeah, I I would get it. Um, Let's get to a couple more of these smaller ones while we're waiting. Uh, The Sacramento Kings, you see this one, Dwayne Dedman? I did not. Uh, Three years, 42? I think is what I'm seeing here. I liked so it. That's pretty good money. That's, I mean, he's a good player. It's a lot of money, but he makes sense on that team. I suppose he can shoot a little bit, right? 
He can. He's got stretch capabilities, and uh, the Kings were in need of a center. So that's a that's a good shout for the Kings, um, and a pretty good contract. Yeah, I think I don't think it's a problem. And really, the key for them was just getting someone who can play with Bagley in the front court. Yes. And you know, if Deadman can shoot, then I think that's really that's really the key. Um, what else we got here? So how about these rumors about Kawhi Leonard? Uh, everyone's starting to say now that the favorites for him are the Lakers, which would really just ruin the day, David. That would be terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that big three would be, I, I mean, potentially better than even Golden State was just because of what they could do defensively. Yeah, I, sorry, I'm a little distracted. Stein was just tweeting about that Terry Rozier contract definitely being a sign that things are not done with Horford going back to Boston, but Boston are trying their hearts out to get him back. But yeah, I, I really don't know what to think with Kawhi. My my gut says a short-term deal with Toronto still um, and not the Lakers. I don't know whether that's my gut or my heart, Max, but you know, it a LeBron Kawhi Davis trio, particularly as a front court, is pretty ridiculous. Um, and I guess the Clippers are still a chance as well. Yeah, I, I mean that's kind of the funny thing. They're kind of getting forgotten in all this to an extent. Yeah. And the Clippers are still there. They're still waiting, and they they were rumored to be a big Horford team. So maybe this is a today. Maybe it's not going as well for them as they would have hoped a, a few months ago. You, the NBA moves fast. You've got to have a plan B. You've got to have a plan B, yeah. Max. But uh, well, at least they have Landry Shamit. That's a pretty good plan. <laughs> that is true. Um, I guess we may, may as well get Kemba to Boston out of the way. Four years, $141 million. That seems to be a done deal with all these other deals going on around it. Uh, and Clay looks like he's getting a five-year max from the Warriors that he will happily sign, given that he is coming off an ACL injury max. Yep. Uh, good for Clay. Happy for that. Uh, the Kimba thing I'm fascinated about, especially if they bring back Horford, because my big thing was it'd be so fun to see. It's kind of like an experiment to see what would happen with Boston if they kind of downgraded in talent mm-hmm. at point guard, you know, at least slightly. People, you know, they sort of uh, vary on their opinions on that. But chemistry-wise, there's no, there's no uh, question it's a pretty big upgrade, I think, bringing Kimba in. Yep. So they could just run back the exact same team, but instead you put it in Kimba instead of Kyrie. That's just a fascinating experiment to me. Yeah, I can't remember who mentioned it on a pod recently, but uh, you know, less mouths to feed in Boston almost might mean a, a better scenario for them going forward. And I think Kemba's a little better off-ball with all those wings. You know, ball in Haywood's hands if he's sticking around, perhaps, as Woj just breaks that Chris Middleton plans to go back to the Bucks on a five-year, $178 million contract. I think we all saw that one coming, Max. Yep, with a player option too. So that's basically the full boat for him. Um, what we should touch wow. on here, Max, is that Lopez has also been announced to the Bucks four years, 52. So your little theory about the Suns and Brogdon is getting closer and closer here because they have just locked up their two other main free agents. Uh, there's some talk about George Hill maybe coming back on one of their exceptions. And therefore, Brogdon's going to be the last one that they're going to have to make this choice on. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I was looking at the cap uh, stuff earlier with them, and I and I uh, plugged in Brook Lopez's contract, which I think they're signing with their with their uh, cap room because yep. they can. Uh, and then I plugged in the, the Middleton contract, which was this, and then I looked at what it would be. And if they signed Brogdon to my contract that I postulated, uh, they would be six million deep into the luxury tax immediately. Uh, and then as we spoke about, it would, uh, you know, increase over the years and then Giannis's thing coming in. So like, that's going to be tough for them to do, David. That's going to be very tough for them to do, particularly in year one. So, 
again, we mentioned on the last pod, I think, that Bledsoe deal is going to look like the one that bites them. But, um, you know, maybe we should talk a little bit about Brogdon uh, and the Suns, how they can make that possible and what it looks like on the team, Max. Yeah, well, it's really interesting right now because it's been so quiet on the uh, Brogdon front and the Phoenix Suns front. It kind of feels like there's a uh, surprise coming. I guess we'll find out here soon. <laughs> yep. uh, but it very well could be those two. And yeah, so as, as you're alluding to, they, they aren't going to be able to do it in their current cap situation. They have to do something. Uh, the easiest thing for them to do would be to renounce Ubre. Uh, I don't think that's what they're going to do because mm-hmm. I think that you know all the reporting has been they really want to bring him back. Yep. So you know if, if we see sometime in the next uh, little while here a Josh Jackson for cap space trade, uh, we might know what's coming. Yeah, I think they'll hold off on that trade. Maybe already have something agreed because they won't. They don't want another Lamarcus Aldridge um, scenario. Although I guess you make a fair point. If it's for an offer sheet for Brogdon, they may have to do that, Max. So um, yeah, that that could be a, a surefire sign. Looking into what the Suns are looking at doing. Um, as I peek over to my phone and I don't have any updates just yet. I don't believe. Um, so we should get the rest of these ones that have already come down out of the way, I think. I think uh, Lillard signed an extension, which keeps him in Portland for the next six years, Max, and over a lot of money, $200 million. But it's very lower, so he deserves it. <laughs> yep. uh, I'm not sure if this has been officially reported by anyone, but everyone seems to think that Porzingis will quickly do a deal with Dallas for the full five-year maximum for him. And then we have Vucevic, Magic, and Barnes Kings, both returning to... Their existing teams, I suppose, both on four years. Vooch is getting $25 million per, and Barnes is getting 22 max. So, just the player-wise in a vacuum, I think Vooch is worth that. I'm not really sure what Orlando's plans are building this team mm-hmm. in the future, because, you know, they kind of been drafting frontcourt players recently, and he's a frontcourt player, so it's kind of like, it's almost like they kind of get hit by an unexpected improvement from Vucevic and kind of felt like they had to keep him. Yes. Um, and then Harrison Barnes, I mean, I think he's a good, uh, you know, a good player, especially on that team. It makes sense for them. It's, it's definitely an overpay in my opinion, but, uh, it's one of those things Sometimes you have to overpay to keep your guys. So I, I guess I get it. Yeah, I, I very much agree. They saved a little bit of cap room by him opting out of his, uh, option. Um, but oh, yeah, for both of those guys, uh, commitment's a little bit much, but I guess, probably relevant to the Suns in that the Magic and Kings haven't been, you know, great free agent destinations because of their both their market and what they've put on the court recently. So sometimes you have to pay this kind of money to retain guys and maybe that's a small window, hopefully not even to $88 million, but a small window into what it's going to take to keep Kelly Oubre around, Max. The last one I have uh, is a guy who left the NBA. Nikola Mirotic went to Barcelona. Uh, I have down six years, 70 mil, but that has since been scoffed at, I believe, and the reports are that the money is far less than that, which makes, in hindsight, a lot more sense because there's just not that kind of money floating around in the EuroLeague. No, yeah, I have never seen anything like that before from the EuroLeague. I don't, I don't even know. Do they, have, do they have a cap over there? <laughs> if they did, it seems like it would be an impossible thing to do. To be honest, I'm not sure, but I know you can't be traded, which is one thing that somebody huh. brought up uh, as an interesting point because uh, Miritich keeps getting traded and he's going back to his home country there. So he's just taking a lifestyle choice over the NBA. You know, I noted... Don't forget he got his face broken by Bobby Portis in the NBA, Max. Oh, yes. uh, so there's probably a few reasons that he maybe didn't quite like his time in the NBA, which, you know, to be honest, he took his time getting over here as well. So maybe he already had those apprehensions coming in. But good on good on him. I'm sure he's still got a nice 
bit of money gets to stay in Barcelona, not be traded, um, and you know some long term security, I suppose, Max. Yep. Uh, and in in other news of weird decisions we didn't expect, uh, how about Darren Collison retiring to become a Jehovah's Witness? Uh, that was <laughs> that was something. He turned down. Pro- yeah, he was going to make you know twenty million dollars over the next couple of years. That's a uh, uh, large, it's, a, it's quite a devotion to his religion, put it that way. I kind of respect it, Max. Uh, it, the Jehovah's Witness stuff aside, I don't really have a comment on that. But, you know, this is the kind of guy that probably could have signed like a two-year, $20 million deal with the Suns, let's be honest. And then, mm-hmm. you know, 15 games into the season when we're, you know, 3-12, and 12, maybe decided then that he wanted to go and dedicate himself a little bit more to his religion. So thank God that he didn't do that and take the money in the short term. Uh, you know, so I, I respect it from that angle. Um, yeah, I guess those things might be kind of related, right? Because uh, he's now like a pious, good person who wouldn't do that, I suppose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it all comes together. But yeah, you know, whatever. I'm not a religious guy. I, I think, you know, especially cultish kind of religious are kind of silly. But hey, I'm never going to hate on somebody for pursuing the, their own happiness. Now, while we don't have anything else, can we just go back to Terry Rozier for a minute, Max? <laughs> yeah, let's. Go, what, we, we didn't go properly into that enough. He, he was one of the worst players in the league last year. He just destroyed the Celtics whenever he was on the floor. I think he was like... Uh, his on-off was like minus eleven or something like that. Like it was really, really bad. And the cell and the uh, the Hornets just paid him like he's like a star. Like that's almost Malcolm Bragdon money, man. It's ridiculous. Uh, and just to add to it, when you do a sign and trade in this scenario, Max, you hard cap yourself, which I won't go into all the mm-hmm. rules, but it basically means you can't make a hell of a lot of moves throughout the season to improve your roster. So the Charlotte Hornets losing Kemba Walker are now. Hard capped with Terry Rozier as his replacement. The Hornets are projected to have 120 mil in salary, just 12 million below the tax. And I'm not sure that they would win 20 games next year, Max. Oh, I don't know. I I mean, their primary initiator is going to be Terry Rozier. He's going to shoot by far the most on that team. Uh, I mean, they can get some improvement on Monk, hopefully, and out of Miles Bridges. I guess that's kind of their path, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, man, they don't really have good players that team, especially if Jeremy Lamb leaves, who was their second best player last season. Like, man, and I think he's probably going to leave too. I'm not sure what MJ's doing. Uh, not the greatest ownership career compared to playing no career there from <laughs> Michael Jordan. But uh, yeah, like we should just touch on it further with the Suns. Really glad to dodge the Rosier bullet in general. Uh, and definitely at that kind of money, Max, now that we know that it's all fully guaranteed. As we know right now, the Suns only have about 14 mil in room. So for a deal like that, we probably would have seen like a Jackson dump plus using all of our cap space just for Terry Rozier, and I would not be happy. And I'm very prepared now that Terry Rozier is going to, I don't know, make an all-star team or something next year and make us all look very stupid. But I'll just add... Based on what we know, what we've seen in front of us very recently, because I've seen a lot of people hopeful for Terry Rozier's uh, future, which I'm totally for. If you want to be, you know, project forward and be hopeful for that, you know, using the that little playoff burst that he has as your example, you know, by all means, go for it. But I'm kind of a what I have in front of me kind of guy, Max, and uh, that contract does not look good right now. Nope. Uh, even if he ends up playing better, it, in the moment, it can't be uh, called anything but a bad decision. It's just we don't have the evidence that it's a good contract. Uh, but I got to read this tweet from Peter Vesey. 
<laughs> the way this is worded, the Knicks are furiously working on a sign-in trade with the Warriors for Quinn Cook. <laughs> can, can, can we talk about how sad this has been for the Knicks? They traded away for Zingas. They thought they were for sure getting Kevin Durant and then hopefully another star. And they're going to end up with nothing except for potentially Julius Randle and a sign-in trade with, uh, for Quinn Cook. Amazing. And I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, Quinn Cook is best friends with Kevin Durant. So that would actually be <laughs> doing a favor by uh, getting his best friend to be in the same city as him, uh, particularly while he has the year off recovering from his ACL injury, Max. Oh, it's just amazing. Not ACL, so Achilles. Far, I'll correct myself Achilles, there. Achilles, yeah. So far, this frenzy has been great in terms of comedy. We have a good comedy start so far, <laughs> I would say. Very much so. <laughs> and that's, that's one of my favorite parts about frenzy anyway. But, uh, man, we're, nothing on the Suns front so far. This is this is kind of fascinating here. Are we, are we in for uh, some sort of a surprise at 3 o'clock, David? What is that, 25 minutes from now? You... Uh, do you want to reveal any surprises you might think might happen, or, or are you going to stay patient on I've that? I've been working on a theory. I'm happy to get it on the air in case it does happen. Um, may not happen straight away, but as we've said, Collison's off the books. Terry Rozier's off the books. I guess this KD and Kyrie move means that D'Lo will 100% be renounced and be an unrestricted free agent, so the Suns would be in the mix there if they wanted to be. Uh, just reading the tea leaves, I kind of feel like they, they don't want to be, Max. Um, although, as you said, they've been very, very quiet. I've got a theory that I'm working on uh, where I won't go into the numbers, but with the space that we have stretching Tyler Johnson and also renouncing Kelly Oubre, the Suns would open up Max contract space. Now, there's a guy who it's already been reported, and I looked into this last night, actually. His brother or family member is his agent, and he's instructed his agent to not leak who he's having interviews with for free agency. And that is Tobias Harris. I've long thought that the Suns might be into Tobias Harris. And I'm going to say this is like a 1% chance of happening. But if we are to get a surprise, Max, I wouldn't be surprised if we get something that the Suns have met with Tobias Harris. And then they could look to you know, dump Josh Jackson or something like that and get just enough room for a guy who's been linked to the Suns a lot in Corey Joseph. So that's one avenue that I've, I guess, privately shared with you and up until this point haven't publicly talked about. But let's just get it out there in case it happens. And uh, as I said, on the 1% chance that it happens, I look extremely good for predicting that one. But now that I've said it, it definitely won't happen, Max. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things where you're throwing out, like, a 1% chance possibility sort of thing. So no, people can't be mad at you or call you an idiot if you get this wrong. You're just – you're throwing out a, uh, a Hail Mary. Yeah. And as you as you said that, I, I uh, tweeted – or, sorry, I searched for uh, Tobias Harris's name on Twitter just to see if anything came out. And David Aldridge reported that he's meeting with the Sixers at the start of free agency. So that may make it a little less of a surprise thing, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. doesn't mean it's impossible, but, you know, when I saw that – um, you know, he wanted to keep his meetings private. Uh, that doesn't really lend to me that he's just going to have a, a meeting with the Sixers and then um, sign on the dotted line. Unless, of course, they present the full five-year max to him, then he probably will just take it right there and then and cancel all these meetings. And now I'm fully expecting that Woj bomb to come through while I'm talking. But I will add, uh, his brother's playing for the Sixers' uh, summer league team, so that obviously lends to them doing the right things by him also. Uh, but on the flip side, he just takes me as a James Jones, Max kind of player, given everything we've seen from the draft and trades recently. 
And finally, Jeff Bauer. A lot of people have spoken about how much influence he has in the front office, and his time at the Detroit Pistons matches up perfectly with Tobias Harris's time at the Pistons, Max. Yeah, I mean, there are some signs there. There are some things that would connect him, so I definitely get it. I agree he's a James Jones player. You know, he loves the shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smart players don't turn the ball over a lot. He definitely fits all that. Um, and, and we'll see. I, I, don't, I wouldn't rule it out. There, it does seem like they're going to do something crazy here because they're being so quiet. Or they're just being quiet to prepare us for a Corey Joseph signing. So who, who the hell knows what we're exactly. about to say. I, I will note, we haven't gotten any news on Brogdon, and we haven't gotten any news on Beverly yet, who I think are two of the more likely targets for the Suns. I think that's maybe telling. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, you're right. The flip side of my theory could be that they just sign Corey Joseph with uh, cap room and then, you know, maybe even try and squeeze Kelly Oubre's deal into cap room rather than going over the cap. And then that's our team going forward, Max. So, uh, you know, a pleading caution a little bit there with a big pie in the sky idea from me there. Yep. Um, I think I'm going to tweet out here David uh, to get some questions from listeners so let's do it go ahead and stall and, and put a, start talking about something interesting to you while I formulate this thing hey we are recording alright go ahead I think the most interesting thing is probably talking about Josh Okobo and Melton uh, there seems to be kind of all signs here that if the Suns do need cap room that two of those guys are going to be gone and the indications that we seem to have from people like Gambo is that Melton has essentially had a line crossed through his name already, which I find really interesting. And you know, I did see that Okobo was at a Phoenix Mercury game with DeAndre Ayton and uh, Ray Spaulding, of all people, after his team option had been <laughs> declined by the team. So <laughs> even Ray might come back on a vet min or something, perhaps. I don't think that team option being declined necessarily means he, he's not coming back with the Suns. But, you know, I'll, I'd be very surprised at this point if Josh Jackson is in the purple and orange for day one of training camp this season, I think, Max. Yeah, me too. But I think you make a good point that it's unlikely maybe to happen right away just because teams are still hoping to use their cap space right now. Yeah. Um, but as these things start to dry up a little bit, as the big dominoes all fall, then I think um, teams will start to realize, hey, we're going to have like $30 million left over, so let's just take on Josh Jackson. Yeah, exactly. They've probably already had you know those exploratory talks with teams, hypotheticals. Hey, if you don't get your guy, would you be willing to do this deal? I think that's what good GMs do. They know all their options. They have plan Bs. Funnily enough, I saw someone tweet about this earlier in, in relation to the new Philly front office kind of indications have been in the past that they don't necessarily have plan B's or points where they tap out and move on to something else. And this person was saying that that's a pretty surefire reason that they'll just go all in on the guys that they want to bring back and pay what it takes to, to bring them all back because they won't necessarily have good plan B's lined up if, say, Butler does request to go to the Miami Heat, which is another discussion we can have, Max, which is just crazy to me, uh, or Tobias Harris decides to go somewhere else, the best landing spot, other than the Suns, for my prediction, would be the Clippers, just because of the hilarity in that deal going through at last year's trade deadline, and then him going back there. That would be a major, major loss for the Philadelphia. That'd be amazing. I hope that happens, just for the comedy. Um, all right, so we had, I got like six questions so far. Let's start going through them. I think this is the first one from Hank uh, at Devil, P, uh, Devil PHX. Yep. What is the dumbest thing you could imagine the Suns doing in light of what has already been reported? <laughs> Ooh. It does seem like the, the money values have been higher than expected, 
so far, and I, I would be nervous that they would, you know, Corey Joseph, we all expect that to be like a $7 million thing. Yep. If it's like most of their cap space for Corey Joseph, that could be the dumbest possible thing because that would be horrible. That was my first My first theory would have been, yeah, an overpay for Corey Joseph as a bit of a panic move. Or as what I mentioned before, trying to squeeze one signing and Ubre in under the cap rather than using the advantage of Ubre's cap hold to go over the cap max. That would probably be the dumbest uh thing that would make me the most angry i suppose yep that would be annoying uh here's also something that would be annoying thank you carlos petri for this one what will andrew wiggins average on the suns next year <laughs> <laughs> god that is terrible 38 percent field uh, goal percentage that's what he will average carlos from guru az spokesperson i'm reading this one because i think this is uh this is carrying a lot of the uh the, the feelings of the suns right now suns fans mm-hmm. do you know if the suns front office actually knows that free agency begins in a couple of minutes <laughs> <laughs> people are frustrated with it with the quietness david yeah i i wonder if the nba they probably won't because i think they love the attention but there's been some flagrant breaking of the rules here you know we started out with some existing guys returning to teams, which I suppose you can kind of get around the tampering rules that way. And then it was just out and out. Oh, Temple's going to sign with the Nets or, you know, uh, what else have we had? The Rozier deal, for instance, or um, Deadman to the Kings. You know, that's all players that really shouldn't have even had contact yet with these teams to sign these deals, Max. Yeah, no, not at all. The tampering rules apparently are gone. And so are meetings. Apparently players don't really care about meetings anymore. They just, they just signed. Um, FaceTime, so Max. FaceTime. The Suns are... FaceTime meetings. You're right. Skype. <laughs> uh, Zach Milner. Uh, Zach Milner 13. He's great. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, he asked us, how much would you be willing to give Kleber, Maxi Kleber, or Jermichael Green? Uh, you actually signed Jermichael Green on, on our uh, free, uh, free Asian thing. I did for uh, mid-level money. Not, not the yeah. mid-level, but mid-level money because we were competing with, I guess, other teams that would, I think, throw the mid-level at Jermichael Green. So I would be okay with anything hovering around 10 million per for Jermichael and probably similar with Maxi too, who's a two-year Gilbert Arenas provision guy, um, which makes it, you know, maybe a balloon payment that, that Dallas have to match, which makes things trickier for them. But if they want to keep him, I think he's going back there, Max. Yeah, my issue with those two, I, I like them both, but I think um, I, I think I would pay them more in a vacuum than I would if I'm the Suns if I don't have a point guard in place somehow already. Because you need to you need to have some room for a point guard somewhere. That's true. So like, if you give Max Kleber 14 million, your whole cap space, like you know, <laughs> he's great and everything, but is that you're not really building your team correctly, in my opinion, at that point. Yeah, I guess I you know to use my example, I think I I traded Josh to get a little bit of extra space. I signed my point guard first, and then that was the money left over that I went out and was prepared to, I guess, spend all of it on either Jermichael Green or uh, Aminu was the other guy who you would not let me take. So, um, oh, speaking of Aminu, speaking of Aminu, this is a good one from Alessandro. Assuming both get the same contract, would you rather have Tyus Jones or Aminu? Ooh, interesting one. I'm a little blinded by the fact that I think that Tyus is now returning to Minnesota, which. Um, mm-hmm. maybe throw some bias in there for me already. Um, but I think we have to, I guess, go over what we just mentioned with with uh, Zach's question is point guard is the more necessary um, position right now. And unless your plan is to run Devin Booker out there with uh, three, I guess, wings around him, then Aminu might make a little bit of sense. But I think I'd probably lean Tyus Jones. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think for a normal team, I would rather pay Aminu. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd rather have him on the same contract, but for the Suns, I think it's Tyus. Just as you said, the positional value is so important. 
Uh, here's a good one from uh, A Common Creeper. Creeper's great on Twitter. How good will Mikel Bridges have to be to start over Ubre after Ubre gets four for eighty? Very good question. Again, that's where you lean. You know, is Booker starting or finishing maybe as the point guard, and then you can easily play both of them. But yeah, that's a good point. If that's not happening, then Mikel has to be pretty damn good because money kind of means everything. Uh, in the NBA, uh, particularly around egos, although Ubre doesn't strike me as a massive guy. If you've, if the Suns have gone and paid him his money, I don't think he'd get too perturbed by uh, not starting, I suppose. But yeah, I'm fine with Mikhail coming off the bench. I've said this before. I know you kind of lean the other way, but particularly if you pay to commit to Ubre, I think you really make uh, Mikhail steal it off him. And then, as I said, also not really a problem because I could envision a lot of times where Mikhail is finishing games kind of like he did last year and it's essentially not a problem. And I should probably add in that Mikhail really doesn't give a shit if we're being honest. Like we've seen no, no, so no, no. many things out of him where he just cares about winning uh, and contributing to the team winning. So a uh, perfect guy to have in that scenario um, because I don't think you need to be too worried about him being annoyed at coming off the bench. And the other part of that, that question is the implication from a common creeper that Kelly Oubre is going to get four for 80. And I would say with the way money is trending right now, that doesn't seem crazy. It kind of seems like what he might end up making, which is not particularly good. So yes. Phoenix, uh, yeah, not great. <laughs> uh, how about this one? This one's funny. This is not serious, I don't think, but it made me laugh. Denholm Melrose asks, how many firsts would you give up in a sign-in trade for Reggie Jackson? Six. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that desperate yet, Denholm Melrose. We're not, we're not there yet. Minus six. Minus six. They're going to give us some. Give us six. <laughs> uh, here's one specifically for you uh, from Alex Carsey. Is Kyrie the highest paid Australian athlete of all time? <laughs> <laughs> I did see that come through. Uh, I guess technically he's an Australian. I go off who plays for the Boomers. Our national team, so to me, he is not an Australian. Uh, but that's a good question, and I'm going to have to look that up a little bit later because I think, you know, guys like Greg Norman, um, he he mm-hmm. said athlete, didn't he? Not just in general, he said he did mm-hmm. say athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there'd be a few guys in other sports, um, but he's definitely the highest paid Australian basketballer of all time. That is for sure. Yeah, and maybe adjusting for inflation, you could get some of those older guys, but uh, the money on these things now is just crazy. Ridiculous. Uh, this is this is from Mike Notham. Uh, what is the weakest set of free agency acquisitions the Suns could make that would still leave you feeling like they had a good summer? For me, it's, it's they just need to get a, a point guard who can shoot and a power forward who has like some athleticism to him. Like not the best names in the world, but just like, kind of those guys. Yep. Um, I, the names in mind, it's kind of tough. I probably would have been like Collison if he were still in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As somebody, something like that. I, I really, that's why Corey Joseph won't leave me satisfied, David, because he can't shoot. Yes, it is a problem. Um, you know, I talk about this all the time with the boxes you need to tick and what priority order you put them in. And yeah, Corey crosses the, uh, being able to shoot, uh, even in off ball situations, catch and shoot three, etc. So that's a, a big negative for him, but yeah, I don't know. I guess my offseason was Rubio and Jermichael Green, which I don't think too many fans would be that thrilled with. Um, I mean, they weren't when we put that poll up against your more yeah. uh, sexier idea of going for Brogdon. So, um, yeah, I think that would kind of be the level for me. Do I drop down another level where you replace, say, Corey Joseph with uh, Rubio? Probably not, unless they manage to sneak in a third good signing for the room exception or something that maybe makes up for that loss. But... Um, yeah, I think we're going to wind up being disappointed if Corey Joseph is the point guard in this scenario, unless, as I said before, 
it is to you know open up crazy money for a guy like Tobias Harris or something like that. That might even it out a little bit. I could I could eat that starting five max. Oh yeah, absolutely. That things like that, getting a max free agent, uh, you know, Tobias Harris's caliber sort of changes the uh, feeling about everything else that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody we would really like, I, I know I would love him. I think I like him more than you, but I think you like him too. Spencer Reed asked about what's the number that gets Tomas Sadoransky. I can't even speak. Tomas Sadoransky out of Washington, and how do you like his potential fit in Phoenix? I'll answer the first part because everyone knows I like I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can answer the second part. Uh, I think it's going to be like it's going to be substantial. I think it's got to be in the twelve million dollar range. Honestly, I think Washington doesn't have a point guard if if he leaves, mm-hmm. um, other than Wall who can't play obviously. So I, I think they need to keep him, and I think they realize he's actually a pretty good fit even when Wall's out there because he can play off the ball. Yes, which uh, is a perfect segue into uh, his fit on the Suns, Max, because he's got decent size. Uh, he's a pretty decent defender uh, for a guy that not many people would know all that much about. And he ticks a lot of those boxes in terms of secondary playmaking, bit of shooting, both off the dribble and off ball in catch-and-shoot scenarios. So I quite like him. I guess I'll double down. I think you nailed the money around about on the head there. Um, you know, no GM for the Wizards at the moment, so who knows who's making the decisions. And uh, Thomas Bryant is the other interesting restricted free agent. It could depend on which one of those gets an offer sheet first uh, and which one they like more coming back on the Wizards. But um, a good point from you in terms of point guard play if they don't bring Sadoransky back. So maybe Bryant is the one that's uh, easier to steal for other teams. Definitely not the Suns because he's a true center, as we saw this last season when he tore DeAndre Ayton to shreds, Max. Yes, yes he did. Uh, small bit of news here from Dallas sources saying the Mavs are among the teams, he says, among the teams that are in watch and wait mode considering an RFA offer sheet to Bucks Malcolm Brogdon. Ooh. So it seems like this is starting to become a thing. Uh, the Mavs, you know, that'd be a great spot for him. Uh, kind of similar to the fit with Booker. Uh, Brogdon can play off the ball with Luka. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen because I want him. But, uh, <laughs> whoa, hold on a second. Well, so I don't know if this source is a good source or not, but uh, Evan Massey, he's verified, so we'll go with it, is saying, oh, no, he's just quoting what Windhorse said on ESPN, so this is real. Apparently the Warriors could land D'Angelo Russell in a sign-in trade that sends Kevin Durant to the Nets, and this could become a bigger deal. What? Wow. That's something. I don't really like that fit, but, I mean, if you're going to get D'Angelo Russell... For the Warrior, you got to do it. You can never discount the Warriors doing something a little left field. That is nuts. I don't know why the Nets would do it, um, which is, you know, the first question you always have to ask with these sign-in trades. Mm-hmm. They're all great in theory to get a player over to a team that you want to get them over to, but why would the Nets do it who have just cleared cap space? Maybe they do it because of what we were talking about before with DeAndre Jordan and other potential guys that either can stay mm-hmm. stay on the roster or uh, or not um that's an interesting one but that would be huge and that is why uh you cannot discount anything in free agency as we are seven minutes from an officially opening max that is nuts i was just actually about to mention brian windhorse uh in terms of his theory about the suns snatching someone like patrick beverly i think it's playing out exactly how he explained with all these things being held up, restricted free agents, as you say, Dallas maybe being interested in Malcolm Brogdon. Can you tempt Patrick Beverly into signing or agreeing to something right here, right now, before more teams and money dry up? 
It's interesting how there's been nothing on him yet. I do think, I don't know if it'll be the Suns or not. I hope it's the Suns to be good, but someone's going to have like a surprise offer for him at 3 o'clock, it feels like. I think we might know uh, Patrick Beverly's next team in, in like the next seven minutes here. <laughs> yeah, I, we need to talk about D'Lo and the Warriors more. That is crazy. Yeah, and again, I don't want to put too much credence to this yet because it's not. it doesn't sound like something that's anywhere near like definitely going to happen or anything. Yeah. But if it did... That's really you're gonna have. I guess is he a sixth man? I don't know. if You can start. Well, I forgot that uh, Clay is out for most. Exactly. Of the year yeah, that would be. Oh yeah, that'd be the reason why they would look to do this. I think. Oh man, Steph and D'Lo as a backcourt would be interesting. <laughs> I don't really know what to make of that. I mean, it'd be really fun on offense. I think it could be a bit of a problem defensively. I think Clay's defensive, you know, solid defensive play in the backcourt is a bigger reason why that whole thing works. Yep. Uh, so those two together could be, you know, sort of uh, <laughs> bad. But, you know, we'll see. I, I, I like to see it. It's kind of a fun thing. It is a fun thing, not for Suns fans wanting to get D'Lo. And, no, uh, no. <laughs> I guess for D'Lo himself, you know, he's probably going to have at least enough of a market here to uh, get something close to the max at four years. So, you know, are the Warriors really going to be able to commit to that? You know, this seems like a play for them to stay in contention while, you know, Steph's in his prime, Draymond's still there, and Clay's sitting on the sidelines, and obviously KD has gone. So, you know, an idea that's probably been thrown up here, but probably quite a bit to run through for that to actually happen, Max. Yeah, no, that's going to be tough. Um, another small report here, I guess Reggie Bullock is meeting with the Knicks tonight. Um, Go Reggie. Okay. <laughs> that's that's not a, not a huge name, but he's a decent player. Again, this is just kind of more to make fun of the Knicks for what's happened to them. It's, it's kind of sad. That was one guy that I fully expected to go back to the Lakers. So that would be interesting if he does defect to New York because it's someone, uh, I guess, off the board for the Lakers while they chase these uh, bigger fish, which is always the worry here. You know, if Kawhi drags things out, a few guys that were on that spread the money out over multiple guys list for the Lakers might start to sign elsewhere. Patrick Beverly being another one of those. Yeah, that that's something I'm going to be really interested to see at 3 p.m. here. Are the are the Lakers going to be holding out entirely for Kawhi? Uh, you know, is that what we're going to wait? Are they going to start signing people? I think we're going to know real quick how good their chances with Kawhi actually are, whether these reports are true or not. Because if they start signing people, obviously, you know, they, they don't have excess room. They have to save it all for Kawhi. Yep. Um, so if they don't, though, I think we're gonna. That, that means that they think have a good chance with them. What are the Suns gonna do, Max? And are we still gonna be recording when they do it? We are just I, about to open free agency here. Yeah. So let's final predictions. Four minutes before three. I think I think something will happen. So let's do final predictions. I think it's gonna be uh, that the Suns are in the Brogdon sweepstakes. I think that's gonna be the announcement. What do you think? Are you hoping, or do you think that? <laughs> I, I really, really do think that. I don't think they're going to end up getting him. I would bet strongly against them ending up having him on the team next year. But I think there will be a report that, uh, you know, that tweet earlier, one of the teams that's among the teams pursuing him yep. uh, is them. That's what I think might happen. All right. I'll, I guess, lean into my brand with how I've been discussing these things as you lean into yours. I won't mention specific names, and I definitely won't. Uh, try and double down on that Harris theory that I had from earlier. But I'll predict that while we are recording, which will likely be for the next hour and three minutes maximum, we will get a strong link that we are meeting, I guess, at six o'clock or a little later with an unrestricted free agent that we did not see coming. Interesting. So really very little talk about him. So Harris would count. 
I would I would throw Beverly into that. I know we've talked about him, but there hasn't been a lot of noise other than from what Windhorse said about Patrick Beverly. Yeah, and that was more. It seemed like more speculation than anything. I mean, he said a little bit. He heard they were very interested in him, but it wasn't like oh, I know they're going after him. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So yeah. I guess I guess our predictions those are I guess are on the positive side of things, right? It's not like nothing happens at all or we signed Corey Joseph. Hey, Terry Rosie is off the board. We've got all the reasons oh, yeah. to celebrate here, Max. God, could you imagine if that contract would have come down for the Suns while we're recording? Yeah, it's gonna be Oh my god. It's gonna be interesting. Obviously the frenzy here, there's not gonna be too many hot takes or you know, they're at least not gonna stay on the timeline too much. But when all the dust settles, I'll be very interested to see whether the Hornets get dragged as much as the Suns would have if they signed Terry Rozier to that contract, particularly from certain people on the internet. Yeah, they're getting dragged on Twitter already, but I'd like to hear you know the media people who are always dragging the Suns, if they're going to come out and drag Charlotte for this. I, I, I haven't seen that yet, whether they are not, but uh, but they should be, because it's a very, very bad contract. It is. Shall we check in with uh, what Gambo said about it, Max? I think I saw something a little bit earlier. Oh, God, what did he say? Was he like, great contract? Uh, not too far off, I don't think. Let's have a quick look. Vince Morata questioned him, 19.3 million for Terry Rozier. Uh, and Gambo said, it's an overpay, but there is so much money out there, more money than players. Some four hundred and seventy-four million more than the last two years combined. So he hasn't doubled down on Rosie too much there. Uh, and you know, credit to him. He mentions that it is an overpay by how much? Who knows? Hmm. Well, there you go. So uh, here's one that came up from uh, Berman at the New York Post. Looks like Julius Randle's moving closer to being a next target. Uh, makes sense. It's so I would be perfect. surprised they paid him a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, and I, you know, Gibby on Twitter. A lot of you probably know Brian Giverman. So pumped about it. He said he said something like he'd prefer that to Kevin Durant in his injury form. It's like that's just idiotic. I know you're just saying that because you're not getting Kevin Durant. But uh, <laughs> okay, good luck with Julius Randle, Knicks fans. I'm pretty sure Gibby doesn't listen to every episode of ours, so you might be safe with that one, Max. But any ep- or any episode of ours, <laughs> I think you're okay unless uh, someone snitch tags us, which is a bit of a bug for me at the moment stop doing that if you're listening to this if you don't agree with a take of mine just have it out with me whoa hold on whoa what do we got free asian guard jj reddick has agreed to a two-year 26.5 million dollar deal to join the new Orleans. Ooh, i love that i love that that's a fun one that's great you went crazy and mentioned jj reddick and i automatically thought that maybe he was coming to the suns max oh sorry was that too crazy there um, and, that's a good one for them, though. They really need that. They need that sort of like uh, spacing around Zion and such. I, I just love that fit for them. Yep, and here comes the flurry. We've got Kristaps' deal by Stein being confirmed, the Deadman deal to the Kings being confirmed, the Vucevic deal by Stein, the Harrison Barnes. Thaddeus Young, yeah, Thaddeus Young to the Chicago Bulls on a three-year $41 million deal because that's where they need more bigs. <laughs> what are they doing? Whoa. What, is, what, are the, what are they doing, man? The Mavs have gone with a three-year extension on Dwight Powell at $33 million. Uh, Yeah, Thad was one that I may have mentioned before if it came to mind in terms of an out-of-the-box guy that the Suns might have been linked with. So uh, that is not happening for the Suns, and I agree with you. I'm not sure what the Bulls are doing with that move because they have Wendell Carter and Laurie Markkinen at those positions, Max. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Uh, this one we knew about a little bit yesterday. Derek Rose, two years, 15 million with the Detroit Pistons. Ugh. 
Uh, glad that's not the Phoenix Suns. Got, I'll say. Yep, this this is going to be our free agency. It's going to be celebrating guys that we didn't sign, Max, because seriously, uh, seven and a half million per year for Derrick Rose is not something I would have supported the Suns doing. I, well, to be honest, I wouldn't have supported seven and a half dollars per year for Derrick Rose. If let's just put that out there. Yep. No, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas or Jonas Valanciunas. We knew this was coming. Three year, forty five. Um, is official. Man, so this is a flurry right now. I'm trying to make sure we didn't miss anything. I don't think we've missed anything huge yet. A lot of this has already been reported. I guess the JJ Reddick thing's the biggest news. Uh, that was cool. So I, how, I like that how's minute. this? This is clearly all in Wodge's drafts, right? Ready to go yes. when 8 o'clock. Yes. What's the difference between these ones and other ones? Is it the agents wanted to play by the rules a little bit more, at least appear to, and, and instructed Woj not to go with them until... Uh, I guess 6 o'clock, it's 8 o'clock a.m. here at my time. It's a great question. I think the answer to that is that certain um, of these deals, especially the more high-profile ones, the the Kimbas, the Kyries, the Durants, they are more talked about, and there's more people involved in it, so it's impossible for it not to get out to an extent. Like that Nets thing with, the, with KD and Kyrie was like, it, you know, that was Gambo was saying that like an hour before it happened. Like that, that got out. Yeah. Um, and this, so the ones that they can keep secret like these, I think they're keeping secret. So the Pelicans finally got some shooting with J.J. Reddick yep. and some veteran presence too. I, I really like that move. What's their starting five look like? you got Drew Holiday. Doesn't love playing uh, sole point guard, but I guess they'll have more initiators as well. J.J. at shooting guard. Brandon Ingram at small forward. So he, I think eventually maybe, but he I think is going to be still rebuilding re- re- his injury at the start of the season. Gotcha. So, but I mean, they, I don't know if they'll do this or not, but they could uh, have Lonzo Ball play small forward um, on defense at least and play those three guards together. Well, yeah, as I said, Drew really doesn't like being a traditional point guard. So, you know, you would think that that would mean that Lonzo gets on the court with him. And then uh, as we see, Gerald Green return to Houston on a one-year deal. Get that check. Gerald, just keep staying in the NBA forever. I like that a lot. Not the yeah, not the biggest bomb of all time, but it's a nice <laughs> one. It's a good good place for him. Uh, you said Porzingis, the thing official, right? Five year, one fifty eight from Chance. Correct. Yep. So yeah, going back to Re- you know, you would think that Reddick would want to start. I guess he's in the twilight of his yeah. career. Although you know, he's being paid pretty good money, but yeah, uh, they probably need his shooting starting more than anything. So interesting pieces there for. New Orleans. And not an overpay, I don't think. He's making good money, but not overpaid. Only, what is that, $13 million a year? Yeah. He's worth that. That's a good good deal, I think. He's had a great, you know, few free agency periods bouncing from one contract to the next. And uh, it is now official. I believe it's been announced on his Instagram account. Kevin Durant is now a Brooklyn Net Max. Yeah, I saw that from Shams. Poor Shams is just getting killed right now uh, by Woj and uh, Science. And he has to report, like, what somebody else put on their their, uh, Instagram account. He doesn't have a scoop, so tough for him. But, uh, man, that was a fun one. I, I still I want to go back to the Thad Young thing real quick. I just don't really understand allocating your resources that way if you're, if you're the Bulls. I mean, he's a good player, I, and I get it from that, to, you know, from that perspective. But, like, are they just going to get rid of Wendell Carter? Like, what, what's going on over there? Yeah, I mean, to me that says that a couple of guys might be available and that the, the Bulls are maybe a little impatient with uh, just bringing the youth along. So, Really interesting scenario to play out there. Pretty, you know, long-term secure contract for Thad. You think he's probably going to start at the four with Wendell at the five, which means Laurie gets moved to the bench and may not be very happy with that. So, you know, maybe that's a 
a potential Suns target in the future going forward, Max. You know, I would love Laurie as a, a stretch big next to DeAndre Ayton, and I'm sure all the Arizona fans listening would love it too. Yeah, you just made their day by bringing that up even. Uh, Woj saying that the 76 have started discussions on an extension with Ben Simmons. Ooh. So some of the rumors about him being traded may have been uh, uh, premature. Uh, Rashawn Holmes has received interest uh, from the Lakers, Bucks, and Bulls, apparently. I said that That's about Rashawn yesterday. I'm not sure if you saw that on Twitter, Max. I said that he should sign a vet min contract with the Lakers. He may even start next to Anthony Davis, has potential to win a ring, and then get himself back in the 2020 sweepstakes where the free agent pool is a lot thinner than it is this year, Max. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And that's a lot of uh, teams have done that, or a lot of players have done that over the past couple of years. This this year was the year they were not supposed to do that as much because there's so much money out there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Rashawn Holmes is not at the top of a lot of people's lists. So uh, I could see him being someone who does that. Uh, so, David, we're now at 306. We've got nothing from the Suns yet. Yep, and we're going to slowly tick away time before I've got to get to work. So we will see whether we actually get to anything. But from an NBA fan standpoint, and when you brought up this idea, this this is still fun for me, Max. I, I couldn't care less because this is craziness. We haven't got anything disappointing out of the Suns yet, and I would just be sitting here talking to myself about free agency anyway. So more than happy to jump on and, and then share this with everyone everyone uh, who I'm sure will be willing to listen to it while they sit around for the rest of the day uh, thinking about what might happen with the Suns. Um, so not a huge report here or anything, but we have a tweet from Mr. Kelly Oubre Jr. saying, Godspeed, dot, 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 Blackheart, uh, finish flag, I guess is what that is, and then a cross fingers, and then his trademark hashtag shush. So uh, That's classic. I don't, I don't know what that means. Classic <laughs> Kelly Oubre. It's got all the signs there of everything that he's uh, used. The black heart is very typical of him. So is the Finnish flag uh, and the shush hashtag. So he is obviously alluding there to maybe hopefully getting something done quickly, but who knows? Yeah, that's uh, that. There's really not much to read in there. <laughs> <laughs> classic tsunami puppy there. So, yeah, that's interesting. Why have we heard anything at all on him yet? That must mean that he and the Suns aren't planning on agreeing to anything anytime soon. The Suns are going to let him test the market is kind of how I'm reading this. Yeah, or they have agreed and, and it hasn't been announced yet. But, yeah, I think the longer it draws out today for anyone listening to this uh, without any kind of Kelly announcement, of, of course, remember, you know, it can be announced and doesn't have to be signed right away. Right. So it would automatically remove any worry of an offer sheet coming Kelly's way unless of course he does a complete backflip DeAndre Jordan style and and goes elsewhere but if an agreement was announced we could we could lock that one in to be signed up later down the track but um, yeah I guess with this money flying around maybe it's smart business by the Suns to see what his market value will end up doing this is the leverage stakes Max you know it's who who bites first? Who kind of chickens out first? You know, I'm sure there's been an offer put to him and his agent. It's just whether they are willing to accept that right now or wait for a little bit more out of the Suns or somebody else. Yeah, this is it's tough for the restricted free agents right now because there are so many free agents out there that uh, teams are probably going through them first before they tie up their cap space, right? Yep. It's hard to do a restricted free agent offer sheet right now. In fact, I think... Almost no team would do that at this stage. I think is why that tweet came out from the Mavs reporter saying the Mavs are like you know monitoring it slowly uh, before making an offer sheet because you can't do that just quite yet. Yep. 
I hate the uh, follow-up tweets by Wodge with his stories after he's already broken something because it makes me think something else has happened, Max. I know it's the worst, right? Uh, but, uh, we had a Mark Stein one here. Yep, go for it. Uh, Jeremy Lamb. Jer- oh, you got that one too. Yeah, so Jeremy Lamb emerged a serious target for the Pacers in addition to Ricky Rubio. That, Jeremy Lamb's a very good player. I think that's an awesome signing for them. I wonder what that says about their interest in uh, bringing Bogdanovich back. It sounds like they may be thinking that he's off to, I think, the Utah Jazz were the strongest candidate for his services. So yep. maybe they're uh, pivoting in a in a plan B direction there with Jeremy Lamb, who, you know, is a, a an under-the-radar guy that got mentioned late in the piece for, for the Suns, potentially, just because uh, shooting, 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 shooting. Not got to get the shooting, and they really need ball handlers and scorers there. We saw in the playoffs yeah. against Boston, yeah. which when they were embarrassed. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Although, once Oladipo comes back, you think he would relegate Jeremy Lamb to a bench role, which would you know be great for the Pacers. I don't know if that's what he wants, but uh, yeah, there you go. We are waiting for something else. Oh wow! So this is a big contract. Uh, free agent Terrence Ross has agreed to return to the Orlando Magic for fifty-four million dollars over four years. It's more than expected, I would say. Much more than <laughs> expected, I would say. That is good work by his agent there, Aaron Mintz, as Adrian. Yeah. So Orlando going big on their own guys here to keep this uh, eight or what seven seed together. Uh, that's a lot of money they're dropping. Yeah, that's. I wonder how much pull Steve Clifford has. You know, he likes to compete. Um, did a great job getting him into the playoffs, even with some of the younger guys here. But you know, the, the signing of Vucevic, I think you and I discussed privately yesterday, kind of means Mo Bamba is up for grabs for anyone who wants him. Um, and then you've got the Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac scenario as well. So, yeah, interesting roster there from Orlando with them bringing some of these guys back. But like the Suns, didn't have a terrible amount of guard play uh, or shooting on this team. So, um, bit of an overpay to bring him back. You know, what's that? 54-27, about $12.5, $13 million a year. That's not too bad, I suppose. The weird thing about it is, and this is this is actually contradictory of what we had heard leading up to this free agency from, uh, I think Lowe had talked about this and a couple others, that teams had learned from the past and that they were not going to give out as many years anymore. The dollar values would still be high, but the years would be shorter. Uh, not seeing that so far. Uh, Terrence Rush has got four years. Uh, Harrison Barnes, the giant four-year deal that was kind of an overpay. We got Terry Rozier with three years. Like, not really seeing that, you know, that uh, prudence when it comes to the years. Yes, and, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but are the Suns maybe being a little smarter here and, and waiting for the, you know, we all, it, it's always talked about with free agency. If you look at it, all the deals that happen very early on versus the ones late on, you can kind of pick up value late in the piece. I'm, I'm kind of fingers crossed at the moment for a scenario like that. Uh, particularly if they're not going all out for a you know Brogdon type player here, but um, incredibly tight lipped, which we already knew yeah. from the Suns' past regime, really. But certain things would at least link through particular channels. But you know, I read something last night as I was prepping for for this free agency to drop around Jeff Bauer's secrecy as well, as Woj finally confirms that Temple two-year, $10 million deal with Brooklyn, which, as you said, that's the room exception money, which I think off the top of my head starts at 4.76 max, and then you would get a 5% raise on top of that, which, again, with these roundings and, and what guys like Wodge normally report, they, they don't worry about uh, it 
potentially being a little short of $10 million, they just go with the nice round figure. As they should. Uh, we don't need to hold up for that. <laughs> so I'm fine with it. I'm fine with them doing that. Um, yeah. So who is this guy? Have you heard of this guy, by the way? This guy who just signed with the Pelicans, two-year, $8 million deal. His name is Nicolo Melli? Yes, he's from uh, the, the Euro League. But I have to cut yeah. you off there because... John Gambadoro just said, Sun's story coming out in a few minutes. Stay tuned. So we're going to have something to talk about on the podcast, at least, Max. But, yeah, that guy is from uh, the championship-winning EuroLeague Fenerbahce team. Don't yell at me if I got that wrong, anyone, because I'm just going off the top of my head here. But that's who that guy is coming over on a relatively good deal for him to the Pelicans. I don't really see how it could possibly be good news. That uh, that Gambo is going to write a story about what we're doing rather than report news about it. Ariza's <laughs> Ariza's gone to the Kings, Max. Uh, I see it. Two year twenty five. Uh, that's a terrible, terrible deal, Kings. Uh, we've seen Ariza's work up close. He's he's watched, guys. It's <laughs> not going to work out yep. for you. Sorry. Somebody did not watch the Suns this year. I'm guessing all the Wizards towards the end. He he had a little mini bounce back, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what you're doing with your cap space there, Kings. No, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I will say, you know, if these are the values that it's taking to get these uh, meaty, you know, role player players to come to teams right now, can't be particularly mad the Suns are waiting this out at, the, at this moment. Yeah, exactly. And you can look at that two ways. It's like, shit, what's it going to cost for Kelly Oubre? Um, or you could say, you know, if a lot of these teams use all of their cap space, Kelly might get in a position where he has to take a lowish offer from the Suns eventually. So that's the uh, perils of restricted free agency, I think, Max. Scott Howard quote tweets the Trevor Reason news and says, another target off the board for the Suns. This one hurts. <laughs> Shout out, Scott. He is great at what he does. Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, the Kings just gave all their money to Harrison Barnes and Trevor Reason, so that seems like a mistake. And Dwayne Dedmond, which I like that signing. Oh yeah, yeah Dwayne Dedmond. I like that yeah, signing. Not sure, not sure about Ariza. Um, but yeah, that value, yeah, it's hard to equate that to Kelly Oubre because he's, you know, Oubre's going to get four, maybe even five years if it's from the Suns. So uh, 12.5 a year, you know, you would think that Oubre's going to get at least a little bit more than that. What do you think this story from Gambo's going to say? <laughs> oh, God. I'm afraid to know. I think you make a good point that uh, he would just tweet if it was something pressing. So... Um, maybe it's about restricted free agents, Max, because that's not as pressing and has its kind of time to play out. So uh, that will be very interesting to see what happens there. And hopefully that comes relatively soon, I'd imagine. Yeah, and it also could be some PR in there saying the Suns thought these values were too much and that's why they're quiet early. I yes. can see that being in the article. Yes. Um, which is probably true, but also, you know, obvious PR. Did you get that through Gambo? Um, and maybe explains the D'Lo thing too. Could say you know that they're not interested for whatever reason. It could be in it. Yeah. So D'Lo, I mean, not technically, but it's now an unrestricted free agent, so he could drop at any point um, as soon as he's renounced. And these deals with Durant and Kyrie are official. Um, Corey Joseph still out there. Then you've got. Restricted free agent type guys, uh, Tyus Jones, Malcolm Brogdon. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what this story says and whether there's actually anything to it. 
A good point made by Eric Saar just now on Twitter. With some of these signings, particularly in Sacramento, have dried up the Uber market a little bit, which is good for the Suns. Yep, and uh, Gambo's... Chicago just committed a bunch of money. Oh, yeah, Ga- is it out? Gambo's article is out, and it is about Kelly Oubre Jr. and meeting with him on Sunday night, which my head's a little crazy, but that's that's now, right, Max? That is, that is uh, well, if it's going to be... So it says the meeting will take place at 6 p.m. with the free agent period beginning at uh, 3. So I guess it's going to be 6 p.m. Phoenix time, so that's in about three hours. Okay, and could come um, to an agreement with the forward at the meeting. So looks like the Suns are going to um, back themselves in here and, and maybe offer something with this money drying up in some places. Um, you know, offer something that he'll hopefully take straight away. Yeah, I mean, and that'd be a great... If, if nothing else happens today, except for the Suns get Oubre on, like, a pretty good deal, like, you know, it's, say, $11 million a year, that would be excellent. We'd know where we stand, um, and we can, you know, reassess with who's still on the board. You know, maybe locking Cali Oubre into that deal then, um, you know, makes them less worried about, you know, some other holes on the roster, particularly at the forward spots, and then they can throw all their money at a Patrick Beverly type or something like that, Max. That that's probably the most interesting point, at least to me, with the Ubre stuff is, you know, you don't want to have to be worried about an offer sheet down the, the line where Ubre completely disappears from your team and your depth chart and then you've got to replace him with not having much left. So yeah, it might be the first move to just kind of know where they stand from a roster standpoint. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that's definitely the best way to look at it. Um, you need to have some sort of settled uh, stuff. Oh, here's one. How do the Atlanta Magic have enough money to sign Aminu? <laughs> Three years, $29 million for Al Aminu with the Orlando Magic. But also, what the hell are you doing, Orlando? You have a million bigs already? I, I don't get that at all, David. Can you explain that to me? Player option on the third year. That's basically the exact same deal that you would not let me sign him for in our mock-off season. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about that. And something the Suns probably oh, should man. have looked at, to be perfectly honest. You know, that's that's mid-level money over three years with a player option on the third year. So, um, But yeah, I guess jumping to the Magic, that means they've got Vucevic, Bamba, Isaac, Gordon, Aminu, and that's just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's some other guys. Ken Birch is someone that people have talked about being stolen to another team, potentially. Um yeah, that's they're going all in on vets, which is interesting. Yeah, um, I don't get it. So I'll go ahead and say that they need you need you need a point guard, uh, Orlando. You don't need Alfredo I, I love that contract. I, I think it's a great contract, and it's kind of hard to criticize a team for signing a good contract like that. But man, that's just not what they need. They got Markel Fultz, Max. It doesn't matter. Oh, I forgot they have Markel <laughs> Fultz. Yeah, the guy who doesn't play basketball. Well, last I checked, you need to play basketball to be able to affect an NBA team positively. Yep, and we are just waiting for something bad or something good to drop for the Suns because um, that's another that that one hurts me. I think because that's a that's a really smart deal. As much as I don't get the the fit with the Orlando Magic uh, or Aminu wanting to go there over, I guess staying with the Blazers in contention or maybe some other places, but um, that's a really good contract for the Magic. I think if you take everything yeah. else out. It uh, it's definitely good. I, I don't think it's like insanely good. I think there, you know, there's Amino's a great player, but he's also a little older, if I recall correctly. So there's a possibility that player option looks pretty bad um, in the third year. But you know, I, I think it's a good contract overall. I would definitely have signed it. Uh, but once once the Suns got 
uh, Sarvich in the draft, the power forward became less of an important position to chase, I think, and that's and it's probably part of why we weren't involved in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing to report here, it's not finalized or anything, but it sounds like the Indiana Pacers and Ricky Rubio are going to be uh, coming to agreement shortly. That was uh, the worst kept secret in the NBA by the sounds of things. Yeah. Um, and and I know you really like him. For me, that doesn't hurt too much because, again, I just care so much about shooting. It's like all I care about next to Booker. So for me, I wasn't a huge fan of his his fit anyway. Yeah, and I did sour on him towards the end just because his season wasn't great. And obviously, Igor leaving meant that there wasn't that, I guess, added advantage. You know, with him, I really wanted to avoid, I guess, last off season where they went into training camp with a new coach, totally unfamiliar and trying to learn everything from scratch. So there was definitely an, an, an intangible factor there between Rubio and Igor in terms of being able to uh, work with Igor, know what he's like and run his offense pretty smoothly without too much of a transition period. So an interesting one. Again, all these, whether it's Aminu, Rubio, uh, they're all going to be judged probably more in depth once we know what the Suns actually do, Max, because we'll have some comparisons to go with. Assuming they do something, a big assumption at this point, they could decide to sit in their uh, 13 to $14 million of cap space and, and enjoy it. Well, to be honest, I did tweet yesterday that uh, being a cap dump team with their salary space would probably be smarter than signing Terry Rozier with all of it. So uh, <laughs> it wouldn't totally surprise me, um, and you know, particularly with Terry off the board now. Yeah, so another thing I want to get to here is we haven't heard anything about Kawhi Leonard, which I think is interesting. Just nothing. And I, I think it probably a lot of that has to do with the fact that Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, his agent, he probably doesn't, you know, tell his agent to leak things. He probably says him to do the opposite, so that's probably part of it. But still think it's interesting that arguably the best free agent hasn't had any news. Yeah, and a pretty big um, situation for Kawhi and his future, I suppose. You know, I saw someone say earlier today with Durant, he was essentially a free agent uh, 12 months ago and kind of went through a process and met a lot of teams. So he kind of knew what he was getting himself into. Whereas Kawhi, other than the trade demand out of the Spurs, you know, he hasn't gone through this type of process before. So, you know, if he is thinking about moving West, he kind of needs to get comfortable with that decision and the people he's working with. If he is thinking about short term with Toronto, then what does that mean for longer term, et cetera, et cetera. So there's actually quite a lot, and you know, even though there's so much tampering that goes on, if you play by the rules, there's quite a lot to get through here and um, not rush into a decision. So he might be the one that holds up, um, I guess, the Clippers, Toronto, although it doesn't really affect them too much because they can't do much if he does leave in terms of replacing him, uh, and the Lakers as well, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Lakers and the Clippers, I think, are the big ones. I think there's a reason we haven't seen anything from them yet. Uh, I think they're both waiting on Kawhi. Uh, like you said, yes, yeah, same with Toronto to a lesser extent. Uh, Danny Green is the prime target, or a prime target for the Mavs, apparently. I like that. But he apparently wants to wait on Kawhi Leonard's decision before making commitment, which makes sense. I was just about to say, that dude is tied <laughs> to Kawhi. So uh, yeah. we can probably read into that that, um, well, what should I go with here? If he goes to the Lakers, there's no room for Danny Green to sign on anything that's not the vet minimum. Uh, but if he goes somewhere else, then Danny could go as a package deal. So whether that's staying in Toronto or maybe even going to the Clippers. So, yeah, Danny, Danny's waiting to see whether he can stay with his best friend or not. Yes, and it makes sense. I understand why he would. Uh, small one from Woj, a little mini Woj bomb. Daniel House 
returned to the Rockets on a three-year, $11.1 million deal. Uh, that's good. That's good money. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, just another guy the Suns let go, unfortunately. And I actually liked him when we had him, so that it didn't hurt a lot, but it hurts a little bit, David. Yeah, great size, um, good shooter, perfect deal for the Rockets. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. I liked him when he was on the Sun. Just, you know, through that treacherous period, which we're hopefully coming out of now with uh, what seems to be a better, smarter way to build teams than the old regime for the Suns. But, you know, really hard to evaluate guys like that or see what value they might be able to provide in their ideal role when they're, you know, being rolled out there with rookies and, and just rubbish rosters. Wait, wait, David, you didn't think it made sense to just throw guys out there with no system whatsoever and let them fail for five games and then cut them? You didn't think that was a good system? I did not. <laughs> and, you know, I'll put my hand up. I bought into McDonough for a long, long time. It's really only with hindsight and seeing a lot of this stuff on the back end where you can just see how some of his... Just some, not all, but some of his plans uh, for building teams and what he was hoping to eventually do were just, you know, just full of weaknesses and and bad points by McD. Got one for you. Got one for you. Uh, this isn't this is not a huge one yet, but Gary Gary Wolfel, I think you say his name. He's a Milwaukee guy. Uh, he says he's hearing the Bucks are working on a sign and trade with Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> there. Are- he says there are plenty of suitors, but he says with Philly being one of the biggest. Ooh, so Philly really don't think that they're going to bring Harris and Butler back, and I think Butler's probably no. the more likely one to leave that team. He seems set on Miami Heat, which we touched on at the top, and I find hilarious, and we can yep. get into if we have some dead space here. But Brogdon on Philly, I, I like that. That's a oh, it's great. Next to Ben Simmons, who they're apparently trying to extend as well. That's that's smart team building, I think. Let me ask you this: if if they sign and trade him to Philly, what what is Philly uh, doing there? Is that, well, I mean, Philly has cap space to absorb him, right? If they let some of those guys go, so maybe it would just be a dump into Philly's cap space, and Philly gives a couple assets because they beat out the other teams that want to do that. Yeah, I think that's probably the likely scenario. Um, yeah, because there's not a lot that you can think of that they could throw back the other way in terms of ready to go players so um but again that's a really difficult one because you're talking about conference rivals uh and milwaukee are just going to hand him over unless it really makes sense for them in, in terms of what they're getting back so that's a really interesting one to watch i think we got a gambo tweet here. oh my god uh, said, oh my god oh my god what 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 ricky what, rubio what, what, what? 51 million dollars to the phoenix suns what Holy shit. Are you serious? Shams. Who said that? Shams. Oh, man. Wow. That is out of left field. After all this Pacers talk. That's what? $17 million a year, too. So the Suns are going to have to clear something. Unless I pop that in, see if they can start it early. But Yeah, yeah see what the 5% uh, raise is where they can get that to at the, the very lowest. If you could do that in live time. I'll react while you're doing that. Um, man, I, I very unexpected. I think that it's a good thing overall. They needed a damn point guard. Uh, by the way, four years, $73 million for Bojan Plinkonovic with the Utah Jazz. Whoa. Bullshit. But uh, back to Rubio, though. Listen, they needed a point guard really, really, really badly. Restricted free agent, Malcolm Brogdon has agreed to a deal with Indiana. Whoa. Holy shit. Well, that's going on right now. Shit uh, is moving. So I have a lot of emotions right now. I wanted Brogdon, so I'm upset about that. However, I really wanted somebody to be stable with the Suns, and Ricky Rubio is that. 
So I guess this is good overall, David. What, do you, what are your reactions? You're more of a Rubio guy than me, I guess. I mean, we just talked about him, and I said that I was not that keen on him, and I'm definitely... True, but you but you, but you didn't like, hate him. No, no. I think, you know, it was just, um, you know, hard to see it happening, particularly after the Eagle thing. I've just punched that in. 51 at three years, 5% raises. That starts at $16.19 million, Max. So the Suns do not have the cap room to make that deal right now. So that is the first thing that I am going to say on that. Yeah, they uh, they don't have the room, but it's they're not super far off from having the room. So this is something they could they could do fairly easily. They just need to like, you know, trade a, uh, you know one one of their you know young guys into cap space. Maybe could get there. Depending where you have them, if you have them at fourteen um, ish, which a lot of people have them at, you have them thirteen point two. So you know you need to make you need to make something like two to three million in space. They could do. I mean, they could they could just uh, stretch Josh Jackson if they really want to. They could. That would do it straight away without having to rely on other teams. Indiana is trading a first round and two future second round picks to Milwaukee for Malcolm Brogdon. That's a steal, depending on what the uh, yeah, we'll see the, the contract. contract ends up being. <laughs> but that you know, I would a first and two seconds. If I'm thinking about the Suns, I probably would have done that. Um, I'm guessing this deal is going to be if Rubio got. 16, 17 per year. Four year 85 uh, for Brogdon in Indiana. Four years 85? Uh, yeah, which is slightly under what I had him on the podcast. I had him at four year 89, I think. Yes. So I, I think that's a, a pretty good deal for Indiana, honestly. Yep, and that's Brogdon and Oladipo together, which is a great fit, just like we liked him with Devin Booker. Yeah, uh... Oh yeah, it's great. And I think especially when um when Old Depot yeah with Old Depot and him that's just going to be a, such a strong defensive backcourt that can also shoot. I I think it's going to be great. I love what the Pacers have done. I think the Pacers are going to be you know sort of in the mix for Eastern Conference Finals if everything works out. Assuming you know Brogdon's health works, all that stuff. Um, but we got to focus on Rubio we though, do, because we do. you know it's it's the Suns. Uh, so now it's starting to come into shape here that the Suns off is going to be Rubio Ubre. Right. It's certainly looking that um, way, and then they'll have the room exception, which I would imagine they'll use on power forward, Max. Some sort of backup big or, or larger forward sort of thing. So this first um, observation, this is exactly what we were just talking about before with Patrick Beverly. It's just a different player. They've they've presented an offer to a guy on the first day to get that position locked in, and that's kind of what we've seen from this front office. They're just making their moves. They're not... Um, playing the value game too much. They're just uh, assessing what they want and they're going and getting it. Think, uh, you know, the 2019 NBA draft is an example as well, Max. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think my, my overwhelm- the overwhelming feeling I'm having right now is that even though Rubio wasn't my favorite option by any means, they just, they finally got a point guard, David. How long have we been waiting for this? Some sort of stability, some sort of NBA player to play next to Devin Booker in the backcourt. It's just so important that they had this. And not only did they do this, they also kept Tyler Johnson. As far as we know so far, they're going to keep Tyler Johnson around <laughs> as, as the backup point guard. So, uh, you know, him and, him and uh, Ty Jerome, I guess, will share those duties. They'll be the backup backcourt. And to me, that just, it just feels like, you know, competency, David. It feels like competency to me. So overwhelmingly feel positive about this. Yeah, um... I agree. I agree. It, it definitely answers the question about what the team thought about Devin Booker uh, being, you know, point book going forward. That was one thing I was watching for this free agency with the type of player that they signed. Uh, it's come out of left field, so we predicted that one right in terms of 
uh, something happening. Uh, I believe I said an unrestricted free agent out of left field, so I guess I got that one right, Max. Um, yeah, I'd say so. People are going to hate me for saying this, but I really wish Igor Kukoskov was still the coach yeah, with Ricky I, Rubio I as the starting point guard. <laughs> and I'm actually surprised as Gambo tweets uh, that... Uh, he's excited to play with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I'm really surprised that he's made this move given what happened to Igor. Um, obviously, $51 million speaks a lot and has... Yeah, I think that may have a big part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's interesting. It's really interesting that he's willing to come. And again, I guess the Suns, for all intents and purposes, are, are turning their profile around among the league because, uh, yeah, this is not something I would have predicted happening given the history uh, of Ricky Rubio. So, yeah, if we get to the on-court stuff, um, you know, takes the ball a little bit out of Devin Booker's hands, not the greatest shooter off the ball, um, but a hell of a defender when he wants to be and a great initiator. So in terms of ticking the boxes, he ticks two of the three that I like straight away uh, in a very positive above-average way. And then the shooting, he's been a little bit up and down the last couple of seasons, Max. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing with him, too, is it's, there's going to be some variability with how well this works, right? If he has one of his good shooting seasons, it could be really great. Uh, if he doesn't, you know, obviously it could be a little worse. I do think having him out of Utah and in more of a probably up-tempo, free-flowing system might be better for him. Yep. I don't know if it made sense to be in Utah for him totally uh, with Mitchell, but um, real quick... Jeremy Lamb, three years, 31.5 to go to Indiana. That's a great, great deal. Yep. Um, wow, that's a really good deal. Indiana, underrated winner of the uh, free agency day so far, you think? Yeah, I, again, looking at that total amount that they gave up to Milwaukee plus the value contract for Brogdon, um, you know, opinions on Brogdon are pretty varied, but I think that's a, a definite win for them in the way that they're going. Um, you know, you look at that Rubio deal versus this Brogdon one, uh, it, it's hard to, I guess, factor in what the Suns front office were thinking here. I guess Brogdon isn't a traditional point guard by any means, so we can take something out of that, I think, Max, in that they were looking for more of a true playmaker floor general uh, for this Phoenix Suns team, which probably says a lot about DeAndre Ayton as much as it does mm -hmm. about Devin Booker, Max. Yeah, that that point is... Uh, so I tweeted... Somebody asked for a reaction. I tweeted my, you know, one-sentence reaction to this. And uh, the replies I'm getting a lot of, which I think you are exactly right, what you just touched on, maybe not the best fit with Devin Booker in the world, but this makes all the sense of the world with DeAndre Ayton. He needs somebody who can set him up correctly, who can, you know, play point guard in the way that NBA players are supposed to play point guard. Yep. And having somebody like that in the team and now to go along with Booker, so now you have two capable ball handlers and two guys who can set up DeAndre in the pick and roll, uh, it's just going to help him a lot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is very much a move for DeAndre, a move that they should have made last year um, in his rookie season because, you know, for all the complaining that everyone did about Igor setting him up, it was more about... Uh, a personnel thing, I think, and they, they really, you know, everyone saw it. They lacked the guards to create. You shouldn't have to put that on Devin Booker. He's such a prolific scorer. He shouldn't have to worry about setting up DeAndre Ayton as well as finding his own buckets. So Ricky Rubio is the guy that's going to run the floor, uh, run the team, be the floor general, uh, be the veteran presence, be the calming influence. You know, we've seen Booker get a little bit flustered in certain scenarios. So this is a move by the front office to just put a guy 
on the floor, uh, almost as another assistant coach is a, a kind of thing that I like to talk about sometimes when you're talking about these older point guards. You know, this guy's going to know the playbook inside out by the time the season starts, and we won't get any of those confusing scenarios, whether it's with DeAndre Ayton or Devin Booker getting frustrated at the young point guards anymore. Like This is, this is an all-in move to say, we love Devin Booker, we love DeAndre Ayton, and we're going to get a guy that can make both of those guys better. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I, I think what this this also signals, this is not a risky signing, right? This is a very non-risky signing. They had a very non-risky draft, in my opinion. They they really just want this team to not be a disaster and a clown show next year. Yeah, exactly. That's the, the entire goal here. The last five years, they've they've won around twenty to twenty-five games every single year. They had their worst year last year with nineteen. Like they they need to be competent. They need to win thirty games more than anything. And this is a win 30 games type of move. And you know what? I'm fine with it. Uh, we need Aiton, Booker, and Mikel to develop. It's the most important possible thing. We need to see whether this trio is going to work long term. And I think this signing uh, is a large step in that direction. I'll also note that given the years, I think that three-year uh, range is pretty good in terms of the – you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, David, the Aiton extension. I think he will expire before that. Uh, the Aiton extension expires. Sorry, I should have this open for you, Max. No, good. I'll look it up too. So yeah, so Rubio will be on the team for nineteen twenty, twenty twenty one, and twenty one twenty two. And yep. So when the qualifying, the restricted free agent year for Aiton is going to be when he comes. Correct, out. and for Mikael Bridges, obviously as well. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, and that's oh, yeah, almost you know, almost as important. Yeah, so that's so the, the big question. There is, are they going to extend those guys that they with Booker early and screw up their cap space? <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting point. But yeah, they've done the smart thing here by getting Rubio for just three years. And uh, I know we talked about his age last pod, actually, um, but I think this will take him through to maybe thirty-two or something like that, which isn't ridiculous. No, that's not bad. And that's the thing. He's not super old or anything. He's going to be in a playable range of his, you know, of his career, this entire contract. He's 28. So that's good. He'll be 29 yeah. just as the season starts. So, yeah, right on. Although I will point out, because I pointed this out before, he has a lot of miles on him. He's been playing professional basketball for a long time. Yes, a podcast that I listened to last night, I think, was describing somebody else with knee injuries and said, you know, he's 25, but his knees are 72 or something like that. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Rubio hasn't had a lot of injury concerns, which is another plus. But, um, yeah, that's an interesting point that he does have a lot of miles on his legs. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah, I really like your point about the cap. Getting him for three years, the age stuff aside, just looking purely at the black and white of the cap situation, that's a very clear uh, move by the front office that they're looking very far out to DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges restricted free agency and making sure that they have a clean cap sheet. So do you think do you think this means that the Uber discussions here are going to be all about trying to get him to three years probably? Uh, ooh, good point. I, I think they'll struggle. I think they'll really struggle. I think what it probably does mean is what we've been talking about with the descending contract yeah. means a lot and starting as high as possible with 8% decreases like we've said on this pod and I've tweeted about before and we can we just I don't do this a lot patting myself on the back but 
Mm-hmm. I believe I signed Ricky Rubio in our mock off season, Max. You did, you did, you, and you got a better deal than the Suns did too. <laughs> yep, and I could have had Aminu as well for what he's actually gone for. So if they actually dump Josh Jackson, uh, this deal and Aminu's deal might have almost fit in with each other. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you're right. That's interesting. So the the uh, the reaction on Twitter is very interesting to me. There are a lot of people who are fine with it, to happy with it, sort of like our reaction to it. I think sort of like the satisfied area. And there are some people who are saying, "Screw this team, I'm out forever," sort of stuff, uh, which is interesting to me. That's quite a reaction. I, I don't. I, I I have a hard time reacting that way to that. I'm not sure. I, maybe this is the crew who was really excited for D'Angelo Russell. Maybe those are the people who are so upset with this, but I, I think that if you are really, really pissed about this and think that you know the Suns should just fold as a franchise, then you maybe had too high expectations. Yep, I tweeted about that earlier on, maybe a week or so ago. I said, if you're disappointed in the Suns' free agency, you've only got yourself to blame, and this signing, I think, is the antithesis of that, because I probably would have looked stupid if they did a couple of really dumb things, because then everyone could have been disappointed, and rightly so, uh, as Rodney Hood agrees to a two-year, $16 million deal with the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, this is a good point from Ali. Uh, <laughs> this is a bit of an overpay, but if this is the contract they were planning on giving to Terry Rozier, then we got saved. <laughs> that is true. That is true. What did Terry get? <laughs> Terry got... Terry got slightly more than this, right? For three years. He got $2 million more a year. Yeah. Yeah, both for three years, and then he got also he got 19 instead of 17, yeah. right? That's something we'll never know. But whether that uh, earlier report about the Suns wanting Rozier and then going to plan B is true or not with Ricky Rubio, we'll... Uh, I suppose we'll never know. I guess the next question is Rubio on this contract or Patrick Beverly on the same? Because we haven't seen Beverly go yet, but I doubt he gets more than this, Max. No, I don't think he does. I think it, and it's going to be because of the age thing and the injury history thing. Although Ricky Rubio is not uh, you know, spotless injury-wise. Uh, Beverly's worse. And also, what, what is he, 32? So I think, and I think NBA teams focus on that even more than fans do. Yep. Um, so I think that's what's going to dissuade people from signing him. And I do think it is really interesting how we haven't heard anything about him yet, isn't it? He's a Lakers get, I reckon. Yes, back, that's a great back point. to the Clippers, if if not Lakers. So I think he's staying in LA either way, by the looks of things. And yeah, he he is on that Kawhi Leonard time for sure. He's waiting on Kawhi Leonard. And Jamal Murray is discussing an extension with the Nuggets. Shams reports. That will probably be a full max extension, right? I have to imagine. Yeah, if it's getting done now, maybe they're getting a slight discount. They got a decent deal on Gary Harris from memory. So, um, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to track. Um, what did you think about them picking up uh, Millsap's option for 30 mil? I guess they couldn't get a, an extension-type deal done with him, and they that was really their only choice. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess they – I mean, it seems like these NBA teams are tampering to high hell now. And they probably realized there wasn't a whole lot better they were going to be able to do um, by declining him and trying to you know move some things around. So I guess it's just like, hey, we might as well just just take this thing and do it for one year. Yeah. I, I guess I get it. Um, hopefully they're able to do what the Suns didn't do and have Murray's thing uh, you know stall a little bit. Yep. So they don't have to pay it. But I, from the sound of that tweet we just got, I don't think so. It sounds like they're going to agree to it. Yeah, now. he's looking for that security. So. Just going back to Rubio, because that's really the uh, main discussion point here before we end, I think, Max. And I talked about his fluctuating shooting. Two seasons ago, he averaged 35% from three on three and a half 
attempts per game, which is decent. Um, you would hope that he gets back up to that mark rather than his 32% of his career or 31% that he had with the Jazz last year. But I know people, I think I said this to you a long time ago and you warned me not to make the comparison too much because people hate uh, the comparison between Devin Booker and Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. But uh, what we've seen Rubio do for Donovan Mitchell early in his career is going to be what he can do for Devin Booker, I think. Uh, and, you know, everyone listening to this and you and I agree that Devin Booker is a hell of a lot better than Donovan Mitchell is right now. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think I think that's one of the reasons why I'm maybe more satisfied with the signing than others is that I believe really, really strongly in Devin Booker. Really, really strongly in Devin Booker. I believe maybe less strongly than others in Aiden, but I do think Aiden's a good player. I think Mikhail Bridges is a good player. I, I just think if you get competency around who should be the Suns' three stars, then those three stars can start developing into being the kind of guys who win you games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's why I'm higher on this than others. They just had to get somebody in here um, because I believe in Devin Booker, and I think this will allow Devin Booker to succeed. And assuming Oubre does come back now, that's a bit of a big assumption right now, but we can be positive about it until we hear otherwise. That's a starting five of Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, uh, let's go Cali Oubre Jr., even though I know you'd probably rather start Mikhail, uh, Dario Saric, and DeAndre Ayton. That's a lot more passing straight away. That's my first observation between mm-hmm. Rubio and Saric. I think a lot more playmaking in that starting five unit. Oh, for sure. Uh, and just two competent NBA players at those positions when, you know, Suns fans will remember for large portions of last year, we had Isaiah Kanan at starting point guard and Dragon Bender at starting power forward. So that right there is a total upgrade on what the team looked like last year. Oh, 100% it is. And can we give James Jones a little credit here? Because last offseason, McDonough told us he was going to get us three to five new players or whatever and didn't. And then this season, James Jones said he was going to do that. And then it looks like he's going to pretty easily. Yep. He's, he brought in Saric. He brought in Baines. He brought in Rubio. They're going to bring in another player on the room exception in all likelihood. Uh, they, he accomplished what he said he was going to do. He's bringing in three to five vets. Exactly. And we all kind of looked at that and said, how are you going to do it? And he made a couple of trades on draft night, which ticked off the first couple of spots and then this is a a massive commitment and I guess you know we're winding up here but really shows what at least the front office thought was the biggest point of need for this team and I don't disagree because I've never been able to fully jump into the idea of point book although I'm very happy to finish games and maybe that's something we can talk about quickly in terms of Rubio potentially not finishing games in certain scenarios particularly down the track Um, But yeah, an interesting one from that standpoint, I think, because uh, they've showed their hand here finally that they believe that starting point guard was the clear priority for the team this offseason, and I don't disagree, Max. They just had to get someone, and I mean, think about it, like, maybe you don't love this particular signing that much, but how much were we all bitching about Ryan McDonough not fixing the point guard problem? We would have done anything to have him fix it. Yep. And guess what? The Suns just fixed the point guard problem. They, they brought in a real NBA point guard. You can be unexcited about him if you want. You can think he's not the best fit. I don't either, so I agree with you there. But he is an NBA point guard. It's what the Suns desperately needed. And, and the thing that people often overlook with things like this is not only did they improve uh, their starting lineup at the point guard position here, they also have now improved their bench because now Tywa Johnson – is the bench point guard kind of, you know, a de facto bench point guard. 
And that is uh, a giant upgrade over wherever the hell it would have been if Tyler Johnson was starting. So you got to look at the upgrade in two places. Yep, and I'll read this tweet out from Gambo. Just spoke with an NBA coach about Rubio. Can run the team. Great passer. Connects the dots. Needs to work on distance and consistency on shot. Will make Aiton better with lobs when he drives and takes Book off the ball. Always one of the best in NBA at steals. And then this point is extremely important. Team guy low maintenance and if that's not ticking james jones's biggest boxes i don't know what is max no nope, yep it's, it's it is it, other than the fact he can't shoot it's a very james jones signing yep <laughs> i think jones has decided that he has his two you know prima donna stars so to speak in booker and ayton they're the ones that can afford to uh be a little dramatic sometimes maybe give them a little bit of leeway but he wants role players and good solid locker room presences around these guys and no one that's gonna step out of line or do anything uh too bad i guess kelly Oubre is the wild card there and you know, i just never have a a great read on what jones thinks of kelly Oubre. so i yeah, guess Oubre is not he's an energy he's definitely more of the out outgoing guy but he doesn't strike me as a bad guy in any sort no of way. and particularly if he gets paid i think he's gonna ha- yeah. happily happily uh be be part of the locker room in a positive way for the next four or five years for the Suns. So, yeah, I guess wrapping up here, unless anything drops in the last 10 minutes or so, uh, you nailed it on the head before. Rubio's the big signing, bring Ubre back, and then they've maybe got a little bit of money, four and a half million or 10 million over two, as we discussed with the Garrett Temple deal, uh, to grab one more player in free agency, which I would imagine... Well, I don't know, actually. Who knows whether that goes right away or whether that's like a week from now once the dust has settled, Max. How about Seth Curry? I, I wouldn't mind Ooh. that. I guess he need a power forward, but I like the shooting. We need the shooting now even more. Uh, one thing I have to ask, is it Valley Boys or Valley Ninos now? <laughs> I, had to, I had to get that corny joke in. Uh, and then I want to read... Rubio's handsome. Rubio is very handsome. Yes. He fits in with, with Cali Oubre's kind of vibe on this team, Max. It's going to be a very handsome team. It's going to be hard for the other team to even focus on their play. Uh, I want to read this tweet from A Common Creeper, though, because I think this is a perfect summation of what this move is. He says, Seeing a lot of strong takes in both directions, but Rubio is just a stability move that bets on Booker, Aiton, and Bridges. Yes. He's not radically going to change the offense, but he's not going to fall on his face either. It's still the core three that determine how good it will be. Yep. Sums it up perfectly. I don't know if we even need to say anything else, and I feel like I'd just be hanging on for the next little while in case something else drops, Max. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can hang on a little bit. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll we'll end this here, and in the next ten minutes we can jump back on to record a little thing if something happens. Sounds good. Let's throw to our uh, bit of listener love to end the episode. Yes, we're gonna give some love to the listeners. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, you guys re- responded so well to our nerdcast, so. Here you go. Here's us reading your names out and your reviews out, etc. All right. As promised, guys, we're going to read out some of the amazing reviews you all gave us. Uh, again, we were just so overwhelmed by the response to, to Nerdcast. You all were great. You all made us feel great. It was just a happy time, wasn't it, David? It was. We doubled our usual listeners for that episode, so we have to give a huge shout-out to, I guess, first all those who retweeted and quote-tweeted the episode on Twitter because I think that's how we got to that many listeners for, for that episode, Max. Uh, we can't mention all of those people, um, but a huge support, and we are very appreciative of that. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to, as a show of, uh, of our appreciation, we're going to read off the reviews that we got, at least the names of some of them, and then we're going to read off the iTunes reviews. 
In total, David. So do you want to get started? Yeah, so I guess people who commented on the Twitter post first from me, just some names here, because I think a lot of the people here are usual supporters of the pod as well. So I wanted to give them a shout out. So we've got Mook Allen, Charlie Stegel, Sons Talk, Gandhi, Dylan K. Thompson, David Allen, uh, Trina Knott, Kyle Walker, Sunderous Dunks, Jeff Allwright, John Phipps, Slowbub, one of my favorite names on Twitter, Simon Oxlade, Travis Wright, and Nathan Saber. Shout out to Nathan Saber. He's an Australian listener of ours who said he missed his train uh, stop listening to the pod. So that was probably my favorite comment on the episode so <laughs> far, Max. And then we got some, you know, more unique responses. Uh, and people may not know, but we put all of our episodes up on YouTube if that's easier. And Chris Curtis and Dustin Jurgens both actually commented on the app ep- uh, on YouTube. Uh, and then on Podbean itself, uh, not going to read out these because they're just generic usernames, but if you know that you commented on our Podbean account, uh, it is being read and appreciated, so thanks very much. And also shout out to Bohemian Rhapsody, who I believe reviewed us on Podchaser, which I was not... Love a- that movie. Thank you for uh, for that movie. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of butchered that. It's Bahamian Rhapsody. I think it's a play on DeAndre Ayton, perhaps, and his son's fandom there, Max. But yeah, there's just a few names and some unique ways that people reached out. And we just wanted to, I guess we don't always respond to everyone, but we are reading them and we read all the feedback as we're about to get into, Max. Yep. Real quick, I'll go through the uh, USA ones. We got from Andres, had a timeline, Rango Banga Pod Gods. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, bowling for dollars and dollars and dollars. Nice job. Good podcast. Thank you. We think so too. Uh, and then from Dylan K. Thompson, fantastic salary cap breakdown. Great episode, guys. The time and effort put into this episode really shines through with the information provided. Perfect for someone looking for fact based opinions instead of hot takes. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, I guess a couple of double ups in names there with Dylan. And then I think I'm going to throw one out here. John Phipps also reviewed us in Australia. Love listening to these guys talking sons basketball. Lots of thorough info and love the did you know section. Just finished listening to the Nerdcast episode and it was absolutely spot on. Recommend to all Phoenix Suns fans. Thanks very much to you, John. Uh, we've got In Living Keller, solid pod with great detail and insight from fellow Suns nerds. Great to be able to share the same commiseration, desperate hope that comes with being a fan of the Phoenix Suns. We definitely uh, agree with that sentiment from you there, In Living Keller. Uh, Evan Harding, I listened to a handful of Suns pods, but this is one I genuinely look forward to. Um, like the wider NBA looks, they're also good at talking you down from the ledge where certain others talked you up to it in the first place, but without being blindly positive. Nerdcast was a winner. Sorry they broke your hearts on Culver and Clark. Keep it up. And then Kyle W. These guys produce great eps covering all things Suns in a fun and insightful way. Always enjoy seeing a new ep pop up in my feed. And finally, Jimmy Fandangle. Max and David strike a perfect balance between insight and fandom. These guys really know their stuff. Extremely polished from the first episode. Seven seconds or less is a must-listen for Suns fans with plenty on offer for the wider basketball junkie community. So thanks very much to all of those people, Max. 
Yeah, thanks to all those people. Thanks to everyone who reached out. Again, it was great. The response was amazing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off here, though, David, because to break the fourth wall, we're recording this uh, before we record the rest of it, and things are starting to happen. Things are so, starting uh, to happen, Max. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate it. I'm MaxMCC11. He is at the four-point play on Twitter. Thank you so much, David. Let's go uh, start reacting to this stuff. Mm-hmm.